0: Hello, and welcome to the Pages and Popcorn podcast. The podcast where we, Jennifer and Kalia, two book nerds, talk about movies based on books as well as the original source material. Two warnings. This podcast uses barnyard language. Why limit ourselves to only nice words? Some things warrant not-so-nice words. Also, spoiler warning. We will be talking about the endings of both book and movie, so prepare yourself. Okay. Let's get into it.
1: It's the Pages of Popcorns Podcast.
0: Special guest.
1: we will let it's the Pages of Popcorns Podcast.
0: Special guest.
1: We're Kalia, gonna talk, so you'd better damn well listen.
0: Hello and welcome to Pages and Popcorn Podcast. This week, we will be discussing Rebecca. That's right, Rebecca, the 1938 Gothic novel by English author Dame Daphne de Mourier. We will also be discussing the 1940 film adaptation of Rebecca and, just for fun, the 2020 version of Rebecca. Today, my special guest co-host is Jess Jess was here for our discussion of the Danish Girl and is back today. So hello and welcome, Jess. Hello, thank you. I,
1: I'm I'm very excited. Uh, I'm I've been a huge fan of Hitchcock's Rebecca for many years, and so this this should be interesting.
0: First, real quick, a couple of announcements. Um, we want to hear from you. At this point, when this episode drops, the uh, giveaway and raffle will have ended, but we will still have our listener survey up. So feel free. It's on our social medias, it's on the website. Oh, we have a website. Of course we do. It's slash pages and popcorn podcast, or just kmmamedia.com. And there's a pages and popcorn podcast tab right there on the top. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook by searching for pages and popcorn podcast or by searching for KMMA Media and then finding Pages and Popcorn Podcast. And you can email me at pagesandpopcornpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, that would be great. The best way is to listen and tell your friends to listen. The second best way is to like and share and interact with us on social media in all the ways. And um, if you are so inclined and you want to be a monthly donor, our patron level is $5, just $5. That's it. One level gets you the episodes early, gets you that warm, fuzzy feeling deep inside, gets you a sticker, gets you all sorts of fun stuff. So Go forth and do that if you are so inclined, but really rating and reviewing us and telling your friends to listen is the best way because then more people will listen. And that's awesome. That's what we want. So I am going to do the recap. So prepare yourself. And speaking of listener feedback surveys. (laughs) I've gotten mixed feedback about whether or not my reviews are too long, too short, too expansive, not expansive enough. (laughs) So I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to kind of go through them and uh, we will put the timestamp in the show notes. So if you feel like you want to skip all the recaps, you can do that. So originally Rebecca was written in 1938. Like I said before, it is a Gothic novel. Here's the actual recap. While working as the companion to a rich American woman on holiday in Monte Carlo, the unnamed narrator, a naive young woman in her early 20s, becomes acquainted with a wealthy Englishman, Maximilian Maxim de Winter, a 42-year-old widower. After a fortnight of courtship, she agrees to marry him, and after the wedding and honeymoon accompanies him to his mansion in Cornwall, the beautiful estate of Manderley. Mrs. Danvers, the sinister housekeeper, was profoundly devoted to the first Mrs. De Winter, Rebecca, who died in a sailing accident about a year before Maxim and the second Mrs. De Winter met. Mrs. Danvers continually attempts to undermine the narrator, psychologically subtly suggesting to her that she will never attain the beauty or charm her predecessor possessed. Whenever the narrator attempts to make changes to Manderley, Mrs. Danvers describes how Rebecca ran it when she was alive. Each time Mrs. Danvers does this, she implies that the narrator lacks the experience and knowledge necessary for running an important estate. Cowed by Mrs. Danvers' imposing manner and the other members of West County Society's unwavering reverence for Rebecca, the narrator becomes isolated. Also, Maxim's a tool. Also, she accidentally breaks a glass figurine as is embarrassed to tell anyone. And the serving gets blamed and she comes clean, but it's very cringe and Maxim is, again, totally a tool about it. There's a cottage nearby near the cove where Rebecca used to keep her boat. And despite Max not wanting her to go near it, our narrator does. They have a bit of a row about it afterwards because, again, Maxim is a tool. A dude named Jack shows up. He's friends with Mrs. Danvers and Rebecca's cousin. He is slimy. It's pretty clear that Max would be pissed if he knew that Jack had come by, and Jack makes a pass at our narrator, but she rebuffs him. The narrator is soon convinced that Maxim regrets his impetuous decision to marry her, and is still deeply in love with the seemingly perfect Rebecca. In an attempt to please him, she revives the Manderly costume ball, a custom Rebecca had instated with the help of Mrs. Danvers. On her suggestion, the narrator wears a replica of the dress shown in a portrait of one of the house's former inhabitants, ignorant to the fact that Rebecca herself had worn the same costume to much acclaim shortly before her death. When the narrator enters the ball and Maxim sees the dress, he angrily orders her to change. The ball is awful. Maxim treats her like dirt the whole time and doesn't come to bed all night. Someone explains why he is mad and our narrator blames herself. The next morning, Mrs. Danvers reveals her contempt for the narrator, believing that she is trying to replace Rebecca, and reveals her deep, unhealthy obsession with the dead woman. Mrs. Danvers tries to get the narrator to commit suicide by encouraging her to jump out the window. However, she is interrupted before the narrator does so by the disturbance caused by a nearby shipwreck. A diver investigating the wrecked ship's hull also discovers the remains of Rebecca's sailing boat and her decomposed body still on board, despite the fact that Maxim had identified another body that had washed ashore shortly after Rebecca's disappearance. This discovery causes Maxim to confess to the narrator that his marriage to Rebecca was a sham. Rebecca, Maxim reveals, was a cruel and selfish woman who manipulated everyone around her into believing her to be the perfect wife and a paragon of virtue. In reality, she was a trollop and a horrible person. On the night of her death, she told Maxim that she was pregnant with another man's child and she would raise him under the pretense that it was Maxim's and he would be powerless to stop her. And she laughed at him. And in a rage, Maxim shot her through the heart then disposed of her body by placing it in her boat and sinking it at sea. Their narrator thinks little of Maxim's murder confession, but is so relieved to know that Maxim has always loved her and never Rebecca. Rebecca's boat is raised and it is discovered that has been deliberately sunk. An inquest brings a verdict of suicide. However, Jack attempts to blackmail Maxim, claiming to have proof that Rebecca could not have intended suicide based on a note that she sent him the night before she died. Jack attempts to blackmail Maxim, but Maxim calls his bluff, gets the law involved. And then Jack gets Mrs. Danvers involved. She admits that Rebecca was in London seeing a doctor on the day that she died. Jack is pretty sure it was about Rebecca's pregnancy, but he's keeping our narrator and Max in suspense. So now they all must travel to London to find this doctor and there's some gum shoving cavorting going on. But at last they find Dr. Baker who reveals that Rebecca wasn't pregnant at all. Nope, turns out she had cancer. She was about to die in a few months. Furthermore, due to the malformation of her uterus, she could never have been pregnant. Also, she was going to die horribly and in a lot of pain. So Jack's plot is a bust, and he is shuffled off. Maxim and the narrator assume that Rebecca, knowing that she would die, manipulated poor Maxim into killing her. Maxim feels a great sense of foreboding and insists on driving through the night to return to Manderley. However, before they come inside of the house, it is clear from the glow on the horizon that the wind-borne scents of ashes, that Manderley is ablaze. The end. Okay, then they made a movie in 1940. Alfred Hitchcock movie. Actually, it's pretty much the same. There's a few slight changes. The narrator's more assertive when they first meet. They have a bit more of a courtship. There's actual dancing, etc. Unless that's her daydream, it's kind of hard to tell. A bit more about drama with the proposal, but also Max was singing in the shower, and I want to make a note about that. It seemed a little out of character. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> His negging is way more apparent to me, probably because it's not actually more, but it's just in sharper relief because it's on screen. I don't know. Mrs. Danvers is younger than I thought she was in the book. Max gives his tenants a week free rent after the marriage, which is very nice. The happy couple watches some home movies. The narrator tries to be more like Rebecca with a new dress and a hairdo, but it fails because Max is a tool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can I I just say really quick, I never know if I should interrupt you or not when you're doing your synopsis because I'm like- I have so many like first of all you're hysterical, but also like there's there yes, I have I, I have I have opinions. Yes. Well
0: you're here to talk about them, but let's get through this so that with those people who okay. skipped won't won't be left out of the conversation. Okay. Fair enough. So she does the ball completely herself this time and then there's actually no ball because of the shipwreck. So that's different. Also the difference Max doesn't shoot Rebecca, he hit her and then she fell and the narrator really isn't there for the whole Dr. Baker bit and she is in peril during the house burning final scene, but Max finds her outside and they embrace and Mrs. Danford dies in the blaze right before the credits roll. So that's that 1940 movie. Then for some reason they decided to make it again in 2020 still has the same opening line there's still lots of foreshadowing has lots more to say about class and our narrator's inexperience also the meet cute and romance bit is a lot more romantic and fleshed out max is not a tool in the beginning at all it's actually very sweet and kind of sexy actually the plot moves along pretty much in tandem with what we've come to expect there are a few auditions like max sleepwalks now and the narrator has nightmares but she's more assertive and more autonomous she is kind of cute and sweet mrs danvers is older more like the book she She's more maternal to the missing rebecca and the elements of rebecca are still there etc jack is flirty he gets her on a horse which is new but not quite as slimy the ruse is found out fast max gets all angry and then this is also sad because he's clearly dealing with the fact that rebecca cheated on him and our narrator is just so naive that she doesn't see it but the audience totally knows uh, okay she goes to fire mrs danvers and mrs danvers gaslights her and manipulates her into trusting her again cue the ball on the disastrous costume and the realization that danny was behind it the ball is a much bigger deal than in the 1940 movie but there is some weird music stuff that i'm going to want to talk about the ship going aground and the raising of rebecca's boat does happened the narrator confronts uh, max who admits to killing rebecca because he hated her and she dared him to the narrator is just glad that he never loved Rebecca. This time it's the narrator who won't let Max call Jack's blackmail bluff. Danny testifies in court and announces the pregnancy and then the narrator fires her and then Max is in prison and it is detective narrator doing all the PI stuff to get the medical records faster than the cops for some reason, but it all shakes out and yes, it was cancer. So Max is free and they all go home and Danny has burnt the place down and also burnt the boathouse and then commits suicide cursing the narrator and Max and never be happy but the, in the epilogue they're totally happy they're in love they're sexy times they're kissing they're traveling the world they got away with it ha 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 the end woo 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 indeed yeah. woo yeah where i mean where do we start where do we start <laughs> we have to start with the book so okay did you have you read the book before you saw it? how did what was your personal journey
1: Like I said, I've been a fan of the movie for many years, and I read the book when you and I got together and we're trying to figure out, well, what other books slash movies that we could do together? And I popped off with Rebecca because it's this very classic, noir, kind of campy Uh, in today's standards film. And so I absolutely adored it. And she told me that it was a book. So I'm like, I can read the book of Rebecca. This is fascinating. And also telling me that there's also a new movie. And so I'm like, well, I'll read the book. I read it through Audible and I was blown away by how different the feeling of the book is in comparison to the movie. Mm the biggest one for me was the very very stark contrast in class and age mm-hmm. that it, you can kind of tell the age difference and a little bit of the class difference between our unnamed heroine which uh, is a very interesting point in in all of it is that she's never given a name and and max who is a, a, at least a good 20 possibly 25 years older Mm -hmm. than she is at least like he is old in the book but you know in in the prime of life uh in in I guess in that time and she's an extremely shrieking violet this very naive girl who just lost her father who's never experienced anything in the world and of course is this poor helpless little thing that doesn't have any sort of character She's been taken care of all of her life, uh, first with her father and then with uh, Mrs. Van Hopper and then, of course, with Max. Mm-hmm. But Max is like, well, everything's taken care of by the servants, so you'll just figure this, fuck- this stuff out. And, and she's like, what? what are you talking about? I've never, never had servants, not one, much less like a household of 20. So anyway, very, very, very distinct differences in that And there's much more, I felt, emphasis on the shadowing of Rebecca's ghost and her presence in the mind of the heroine.
0: In the book. Yeah.
1: In the book. Uh, Okay, so
0: the book is a, it's a long book and it is a slow burn, right? Um, Yes. (laughs) So I read this book in high school and- I was so frustrated because I was like, get to the point and tell me her name. Like it bothered me so much that we didn't have the name. And it also, I was just like, mm-hmm. when is it going to, when is the thing going to happen? Something's going to happen. Right. You know, the test. Mm-hmm. And then I remember finishing going, well, what was the climax? Like, was it, the ball was it the ship was it like it just like it mm. meandered so i kind of was like i don't know i guess i didn't really like it it was okay it was really long blah 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 very descriptive blah 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 if that's gothic then I, that's not my for me okay <laughs> so that was my experience with the book and then obviously you were like rebecca and i was like oh yeah that was a i remember seeing that when i was doing my research for psycho that alfred hitchcock had actually done rebecca but i'd never seen it and We started talking about it before the 2020 Netflix or whatever movie Rebecca came out. So like when that I was like, okay, well, we definitely should do it now because now they've like redone it. That's always really interesting to me when they when and how they decide to remake a movie that's already an adaptation. Like, you know what I mean? It's just so that's like a fascinating concept. Okay, so I would I reread the book. Okay. This time, knowing that we weren't going to get a name. So I made my peace with that. But again, I was like, oh my God, this book is long. It just needs to get where it's going. And then I watched the the Alfred Hitchcock movie and then I watched the 2020 movie. So I had like a, like a two week span of my life where it was, everything was Rebecca. And yeah, that was probably fun for my family as I affected an English accent. (laughs) Um, But also I will say one other thing. When I read this in high school, either right before this or right after, and high school was a long time ago, so I can't actually remember. I read Jane Eyre. So in my head, I was like, oh, Rebecca's that book about the narrator who doesn't have a name. Her husband's old and really rich and she's in this house. And the ex-wife, yes, is either there or not there, and I couldn't remember which one. It what you know, like is this the one where she's like locked in the attic? No, I'm pretty sure that's. Oh. there. so <laughs> was she a ghost? Was she actually? I couldn't quite. I didn't remember, remember the whole like he'd killed her bit. When I got to that in the book, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and
1: yes, okay, so that's a yes. huge
0: difference. Huge
1: difference between that. I I legit was shocked when I read that. Uh huh. Um, because I grew up with the, the movie version where he, the poor downtrodden Max, who had to hold the secret of her evil, <laughs> evil yes. self, her, what, whatever is so just truly perverted and, and corrupted and wrong that was never uttered mm-hmm. in any of the versions that we <laughs> right? that we read or watched. And so, you know, he's so pissed off and he goes to strike, you know, like you said in the movie, he goes to strike her. She falls over, hits her head on
0: something, and she dies by accident. Yes not in the book. No, in the book, he straight up Cold. shoots that bitch right through the heart, right? Okay, and then disposes yep. of the body, which, okay, yep. I'm going to say, like, that is an important, it's not like, oh my God, what have I done now? I go into hysterics, whatever. It's like, oh, I better cover up my murder. Yep. So, I, yep. I was curious about that. The reason they changed it for the Alfred Hitchcock movie was the Hayes Code, because they put, yep. they wanted to, he couldn't be an actual bad guy because he doesn't get spanked, basically. If he had gotten spanked, then they could have shown it but because he gets away with it and can we say classist like this is a like this yes. old boys club totally coming in and like helping him out and like all of this stuff he's not gonna have to answer for his since and she doesn't even care the new wife she's just like oh that was sucky for you but I'm so glad you love me in in the book she yeah. literally like spends no time thinking about the fact that he'd actually committed murder it's just it yep. feels so bad for him. Oh my God. Okay. Yes.
1: Just relief. Right. Of just like, oh, oh, I was, I was wrong. I, I thought there was this, this whole other person that he was in love with and it really was me all along. Oh, oh. It's nice when
0: your husband, <laughs> the murderer loves you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, I was going to say, so then in the 2020 version, I'm watching it like this, like, okay, okay. Does he get a killer? Is he going to kill her? And then it mm-hmm. was like, she put his hand on the gun and, like, dared again. It was still like, dude, no, man, you freaking shot her. And so, yeah, it goes back to the book, it's a lot closer to the book, yes. In that, yes. and I thought, okay. And I remember I read a lot of critiques, and there's a lot of people who hate the 2020 version. A lot mm. of people hate the 2020 <laughs> version. And one thing I kept saying is that they like changed Max too much, blah blah blah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you guys didn't read the book. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> Well, and I, I mean I don't know if we're we're kind of jumping ahead yeah, jumping, here, but sorry. I mean a huge part of that too is is they close the age gap considerably. Yes. So it's not as gross. You
0: know, it's weird because in the black and and maybe it's just because of black and white and whatever, yeah. I it's hard to tell how much older he was than her. Like he definitely was older, but it, he didn't seem as ancient and craggy as he was in the book by any means. And then right. in the 2020 thing, he certainly wasn't old. Like it didn't seem really that age was that big of a thing. It was much more about class, mm. the inexperience and stuff. Yeah. So,
1: yes, like it, they do state that he is he's in his Forties, yeah, forty-two, approaching fifties. Okay, and in the book, and in the the Hitchcock version, it's played by Laurence Olivier, who's young. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) so the only thing they really did to age him was gave him like a couple of gray streaks in his hair. So I totally get why you know I didn't I didn't realize it either, Mm -hmm. honestly,
0: until I read the book. Right, and I I know that that Daphne Demoria has a lot of thoughts about the 1940 movie and one of the things was that she wrote this book to be about a power imbalance Mm -hmm. and because he doesn't seem as old as much older and because there's definitely things in the 1940 movie that show you that he's like out of touch with her. Like he's not aware of her struggles, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it comes across that he's not aware of her struggles because he's a fucking tool. And he's like, you know, totally busy with his own stuff. Whereas in the book, he doesn't understand her struggles because of the class. Like he doesn't occur to him that she wouldn't know how to run this house. Whereas in the, the movie, he just doesn't think about it because- He's distracted. Do you know what I mean? It's a little bit of a different reasoning. So they definitely changed that power dynamic. I think that Alfred Hitchcock's movie was making a very different point. I feel like Mm -hmm. the book was making a point about power. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock's movie was making a point about femininity. Oh, yeah. Like, and the different bad women and good women, which I want to talk about. And then I'm not really sure what the 2020 movie was like. I don't think it had a point, really. I feel like it was like just like a blurry, nice, I would agree. Movie! Yeah, (laughs) I believe they
1: absolutely lost the plot in the 2020 version. I thought it was a sweet, romantic murder mystery,
0: kind of? Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't a thriller. No. It just, it was like Okay. Yeah. And and that's fine because we're in 2020. Like I feel like if there hadn't been a 1940 movie, we might not care as much that they softened everything so much. We would have been like, "Oh, it's a different adaptation. It's telling a slightly different story." But like the changes that they made for 2020, they made Max not quite so much a tool. They made our narrator way more autonomous, like she knows things about trees. And like, <laughs> there's like this thing about, oh, you know, some things don't bloom until they're older. And like, you know, she's got more stuff to do and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, yeah. she was more interesting as a character yeah. because in 2020, I mean, I'm not going to watch a movie about a woman who has absolutely no personality getting steamrolled by a guy right, and right. then being like, la, 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 I don't care that you're a murderer. Fuck that noise. Right. Like right. we don't need that. Right. So I get it, but it doesn't hold up if it's being compared to its original source material or the or the other movie. Absolutely. I, I,
1: I didn't really feel like there was a statement even being made. It felt like a, a very watered down version of, of yeah. the original novel. Not even, I, I can't really, uh, except for the uh, Danvers uh, ending, so to speak, of basically her committing suicide which is sort of implied in the Hitchcock version that she set Mm -hmm. the fire and
0: and then died by her like couldn't get out like chose to not leave the room and and die that way right whereas the 2020 version she's very intentionally jumping, jumping off of a off cliff, cliff which which is just just so she could have like a last final statement it was i guess that was weird i the only thing i could see is that like she had tried to convince our narrator to commit suicide earlier so like there you could have maybe drawn that out a little bit like if there had been something about like when something like this happens a woman's only option is suicide and then you could have talked about how rebecca kind of sort of tried to commit suicide death by husband not death by cop but you know what I mean like to get somebody else to do it to her Mm -hmm. and Danvers wanted our narrator to commit suicide and when you know then she's going to commit suicide you could have made a point about trapped women only having one way to go Mm -hmm. but they didn't make that point so I can't can't, I'm giving the movie more credit than it gave me
1: (laughs) right maybe yeah like like I'm I'm trying to help you all figure out a point and I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. I, you, you are a very generous, uh, reviewer. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just usually Jennifer's like, how would you fix this? And like, that is a way I would have fixed that. I would have taught, you know what I mean? Like yeah. made it more of an actual point of, about something speaking of the suicide he it looked at the very beginning of the 2020 movie that he was going to commit suicide he was standing on the cliff right like there it, it was threads they could have done this but they didn't
1: yeah uh, so yeah so. Uh, you, wow yes excellent point actually that that honestly i I'd, I'd certainly been try that hard uh to connect um <laughs> uh, because i was more like i was hoping that maybe we could have a conversation about class mm-hmm. there was a lot more in the book to be to be honest, Mm -hmm. whether or not that was the author's intention, especially when she's meandering as, as you, as you said, talking about the landscapes and also the interiors of the house. And what caught me is the focus on the servings of food Mm -hmm. and these rituals of the rooms being used. Like you'd have breakfast in this room and then you'd go into the morning room. And then you'd go into the other room, maybe the library, and then you'll spend some time outside and then you'll and then end up in the bedroom. And in each place, uh, a servant will basically prepare the next room and then clean up the room after you, because this house is so freaking huge that this and this is what they've been doing probably for centuries mm-hmm. and the waste of it all.
0: Yes, especially the food waste. Yes. It's a big deal about that in the book. And I felt like they almost got that in the 2020 movie, but it was not at all in the Hitchcock movie.
1: Absolutely not. They did not, yeah. none of that. And and that really struck me because how she ate like a bird, she really didn't have an appetite, you know, like she didn't need a lot. She was, a, she was a dim- diminutive, small creature who.
0: But that's also symbolic, know, right? Yeah. She didn't have any appetites. She had no right. passion. She was just ah, yes. blank, you know, she was easily satisfied. She, her nourishment came from the bare minimum is yeah. the same thing with like how he could treat her like a dog or like a pet, you know, and and like rubber head. And she would be fine with that. That would fill her up. And then she mm. wouldn't need anything more. I mean, it's fucking disgusting I yes. mean, from a 2020 standpoint. Yes, <laughs> like,
1: absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, there's a even, reason I didn't like
0: her but, in high school too. <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, get it back, bone girl, come yeah. on. You don't even have to have that much, just something that you're something. interested in other than I'm kind of into sketching. Like, yeah. eh, and I'm not good at it and nobody, no, I, uh, my, yeah, anyway. And um, again,
0: <laughs> it gets completely dropped as soon as they get to Manderley, right? Which is, a, a, you could have made a point that like there was a thing that she had that was special to her that she has to put aside, you know, we put aside our childish things when we become a lady of the house and da, 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 da. But nope. yeah, it, no.
1: But yeah, but there was that, that wisp of the class stuff was like, man, this is interesting. Like I was not expecting this type of sort of analysis. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very subtle because I also know that the, the author, I did do a little bit of reading uh, on the author. She came from money. And she Mm -hmm. came from a place that was essentially the prototype of Mandalay. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was very maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of her own thoughts of seeing what goes into upkeeping a house like that and an estate like that and how much more could be done to serve maybe the greater populace with that much food that gets created and then essentially not used
0: right so they made a couple changes like i said in the 1940 movie they referenced that max was like everybody gets a week free rent or something like right. he did some kind of a money thing which i think was just a it was an addition it wasn't in the book to show you that he's not all bad right you know i guess. I don't know. But what they did in the in the 2020, they actually touched on class a little bit more. They had the scene where she went into the giant like she went out to go eat at the dining room at the beginning in the hotel. And they were like, you can't eat out here because we know you're a servant, basically, because she was a companion, you know, Mm -hmm. to the lady. So her class was too low to even eat in this restaurant where she would had been eating yesterday with somebody else. And, and he said, no, come and sit next to me, you know, and like it, it tried, I will say the 2020 when he tried, but it definitely had more of the class stuff because, and and to be fair, Hitchcock was trying to do a lot of stuff, right. You know, and yeah. This is a very long book, so
1: <laughs> there's a lot there, which visually could be imparted,
0: mm-hmm. I think,
1: and certainly the the grandiosity of the estate, and also the you know the constant background of the sea. Also, all west wings are forbidden. Yes, in in, every- <laughs> my, me and my husband were joking about that because again. Rebecca's room was in the West Wing and nobody goes into you the You had West a
0: Beauty Wing. and the Beast moment, didn't you? Yep. It's yeah. forbidden! Yeah. It is forbidden! <laughs> <laughs> Unless, of course, you're talking about dear martin sheen's west wing in which case that's okay <laughs> not forbidden just a pipe dream <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> the only unforbidden west wing yes. yes um but yeah and of course the difference too being that this west wing is immaculately kept by danvers to pristine a altar a worship space a temple to her goddess
0: let's talk about danvers shall we <sighs>
1: Wow, what a piece of work. Judith Andrews, I believe. Judith Anderson, sorry. Judith Anderson, great character actress um, who played Danvers. Oh, she was, she was chilling. And I think probably the better representation of Danvers from the book where she was the skeletal figure. Also a woman, interesting, without any meat to her bones. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Because of her face, it was obsession right yes. with, with Rebecca and it, she might have been more filled out and not so gaunt during Rebecca's life but at this point she's basically wasting away in the book because Rebecca is gone and she's in deep deep mourning it's okay so in the book she's very maternal and skeletal and she's like the crone right like she is like the harbinger of death and like creepiness and like all of this stuff and she's legitimately scary 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 yeah, In Hitchcock's movie, she's chilling, like you said, and she's unsettling. Yes. She wasn't as frightening. And part of it is because she wasn't older and skeletal. She was younger and not maternal, no. but freaking in love with Rebecca. Yes. Not subtly. Not subtly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was something that was changed is that they didn't talk about that she you know in the book Danvers was with Rebecca as a child yes she maternal. watched her grow up and was by her side her entire almost her entire life
0: and we don't hear about Rebecca's parents you know what I mean That's So we, true. we so it is like there's this idea she's probably you know comes from money obviously because she was the perfect wife for Max and blah right. blah blah she, but Danvers raised her like there's a mother thing in like okay i'm your servant but i'm also kind of like this maternal mother figure and i love you and you know there's this thing in literature where people can't see well there's a thing in real life where people can't (laughs) see the crappiness of somebody that they love. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like where parents are very, very susceptible to this. Not my little Johnny Susie Q. She would never do such things. Everything she does is perfect. You know, right. those poor parents. I mean, my <laughs> child is perfect. So I can't really understand. But <laughs> I've heard that there's this thing that parents do where they justify the actions of their kids. And Danvers definitely seem to have that kind of she, an idea. Oh,
1: here. Man, in the book, again, like, uh, you know, the book definitely, brought about because of the meandering and because of the depthness that was there you really got a little more of a sense of like how warped she she had come over the years in her adoration to Rebecca in that she was like I know she she played all of you assholes like <laughs> and I and you deserved it because you were lower than she mm-hmm. that was really interesting to me in reading that like she she had completely lost any sense of anything other than Rebecca Mm -hmm. and in the movie that yes like you said absolutely lesbian vibes hardcore like I would argue possibly unrequited
0: yeah I I got that too my my impression is that Rebecca probably knew how she felt and played on it Mm. prayed on it Mm-hmm. allowed it probably did those things where she'd be somewhat flirty like just enough to make he could keep going as a control thing but we know that rebecca laughed at the men i bet she laughed her ass off at danvers too right like oh, that's yeah. definitely the vibe that i got in the movie and it's funny to me that the Hayes code didn't catch this. She's like, look at her underwear. Let me touch her pants. How sheer is it? How is sheer is see- it? Yes. And like, look at her pillow. And like, this is where we would lay. And I would brush her hair. And like, hair. Whole yeah. Thing. I'm like, whoa. Like,
1: You're telling me that none of that Hayes code, you you didn't pick up on no. her uh, uh, being there in the sheer nightgown? Well, you know. <laughs>
0: states lesbians. of undress lesbians yeah. aren't real jess <laughs> gay people didn't exist until 1982 right. so Shoot. we're it's fine yeah
1: it's cool i forgot it's cool. yeah and, s- and speaking of sort of unspoken gay characters frank ah uh, yes who is basically the estate manager yes and has been maxim's loyal uh cpa right hand
0: man Yeah. (laughs) Who basically runs all the stuff? Maxim makes the decisions, but Frank does all the actual work work to run the estate and all of the surrounding areas and blah, blah, blah. He collects the rent from the tenants and, you know, all of that stuff. And he totally, totally loves, loves Maxim. Oh my gosh.
1: It is. It is. It feels even more sincere in the Hitchcock's movie, to be perfectly honest. Like that, there's some. There's some strong bro vibes going on. Like I knew all yeah. along, Max. Especially
0: when she like interrupts them at breakfast, and they'll like stand up, and they're all kind of awkward yeah. about it. And then they're like, "Oh, oh, um, yeah, we're gonna yeah. leave now." Yeah, like I was like, hmm. and, and he also
1: <laughs> like in the book, he 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 is sort of portrayed as a much I hate to use the term wimpier guy. Like he's yeah. definitely yeah. more of a bookworm. Whereas in the movie, he's he's a bit more put together. He he's you know a guy yeah. who conservative in, in the frugal sense, but otherwise, you know, a pretty attractive and he's the same age as Max. And, and so, you know, yeah, he could have easily yeah. been a, another leading man and someone who obviously cared about our unnamed heroine, the second Mrs. Mm-hmm. DeWinters, but definitely, definitely vibing for Max. Oh my gosh.
0: So this is interesting because I remember when I read this in high school. Um, Because the book opens up with kind of like a flash forward where our narrator and a man are out in the world and like he is traumatized and when she mentions England he gets all weird so she has to be careful about what newspaper she reads to him and they spend their days doing nothing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my god. Like and then she's like, but I'm dreaming of manderly And then like basically the whole rest of the book is this flashback that never really even brings us back to the present. I hate those kind of framing devices. It's like half a frame. Whatever, yeah. different rant. But <laughs> I remember as a, as when I read this in high school, I read that whole first part and like the man is never named in the beginning. It's just mm. he, he, he. And then I'm reading this and I'm like, so maybe like Rebecca's going to kill Max at some point because I, I again still like having just read Jane Eyre or like something and I was like maybe it's Frank maybe it's our narrator and Frank who are like going off now and like <laughs> having this very quiet life like maybe Frank had to kill Max and that's why he feels bad maybe they're on the lam again like I'm like writing my whole fan fiction right my oh my
1: gosh I love that I I love that journey for him honestly um I I did I <laughs> That was totally not where I would have, like, my brain went. Um, no, I definitely you knew,
0: you know, because well, like, yeah, right. Because yeah.
1: I'm like, no, Max was broken from the loss of Mandalay. And so he became a broken man. And of course, again, he's a good 20 years older than her. Yeah. So as she has matured mm-hmm. and become had to be the responsible one, yeah. he's withered away. He's and declining become this, for sure. Yeah. You know, the scared Someone's gonna find out the truth, kind of thing. That's after reading the book. Like that's kind of where I came with. Okay, that's how he became this mess of an old yes. man, basically. So, and
0: and I will. I I kind of wish that that first chunk was at the end. I wish it had been an yes. epilogue and not a beginning. I because first of all, yes. like I said, I hate that type of framing device, which is only half assed. And second of all, <laughs> it didn't add anything. It did all we knew is that it had like she could have had that in one paragraph. Last night I dreamt of Manderley, blah blah blah. And then mm-hmm. we could have gone into the whole thing or not. And then like had the 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 last chapter be like and here we are now and it's okay. Like we don't have to end on the house is burning on the other side of the hill and now there's no more book right (laughs) what like like like, get to the house like i
1: i completely agree and like i love the the description of the dream uh at the beginning of the book Mm -hmm. and i i so that i have to admit like for me that was that was poetry Mm -hmm. and and i would loved it if they could have just had that and then started off yeah. in Monte Cristo with Van Hopper.
0: Yeah, for sure. But anyway. Anyway. Okay, so now going back, cause we gotta go finish our uh, Mrs. Danvers conversation. So then in yes. the 2020 version, they gave us Mrs. Danvers, who seriously, even though I just watched that movie, I can't even think of who it was. <laughs> I, <know>. I can't <laughs> bring it to mind. I mean, kind of, okay. I can see her now jumping off the cliff, but yeah, like she was, she was there and she was creepy, but also like Max now sleepwalked. So it diminished stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like she, yeah. wasn't, she wasn't the big scary thing. There were other things that were kind of scary and kind of like, oh, something's not quite right here. But Mrs. Danvers was so downplayed at that point that it just, I don't know, maybe I'm just because yeah. we'd already seen her twice, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. But- <laughs> She didn't really work for me the same way. She wasn't as scary. I think with the 2020 version, it felt like they
1: took out all the, what would we consider to be gothic elements,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the haunted house. It wasn't even really a haunted house.
0: Yeah. Like the softer, it, the whole movie was just, it was like a soft focus lens, it was soft. you know? Yeah, and exactly. And they had a fucking sex scene on the beach that was very soft focus, you know, lens, <laughs> <but> very <laughs> <cinematic> <laughs> after dark. Like it was Okay. <laughs> Which I it, remember reading this again, like as a teenager, and being like, "So are they having sex? You know, like, is she actually hmm. sleeping with Max because it they have different bedrooms, I think, like you know what I mean? like I he, he seems to be into her, but then not always into her, and like obviously they had sex on their honeymoon. She talks about that, but right, but I, then, but then he after comes that,
1: back to Mandalay, Mandalay, and yeah.
0: He- yeah so he,
1: he's he's full of responsibility yeah he he's also of course his demons right and of course and yeah my husband bless him we watched the Hitchcock version he's like Max needs fucking therapy like yeah. he, he needed therapy you, you know years and years ago I'm like well technically in the time frame that this happened <laughs> therapy was not a thing <laughs> um men did not nobody had access to therapy um so much less if you're out killing your your first wife you want to and they try to make max a character you will sympathize with and perhaps when the book was written and when the the, the 1940s version came out you know especially with olivier because god he's attractive okay um yes
0: <laughs> that that's- (laughs) kind of saves it can you imagine that movie if he had been like a a fat ugly man like with like jowls and like drool and like you know maybe like boogers and ear hair and stuff like like we would not we would not be okay with this absolutely not but like Mm -hmm. we somehow are accepting of bad behavior by good-looking people and it just drives me freaking nuts but he was such and like i said in my recap max was a tool in the book for sure yes but he was like an inattentive doofus tool you know in the movie he felt like he was trying to be mean to her sometimes and it just really really bothered me Mm. and I know part of it is because I'm a freaking 2020 feminist over here like who's (laughs) like be nice to people but (laughs) oh my goodness some of it was just harsh and and then of course it made me sympathize with her it's so sad and they actually changed this this is one of the few scenes in the 1940 movie that I thought was better was was really really good it was like shorthand they have their little home movies they're watching their little videos from their honeymoon and so we can see them happy and in the videos like she's or, you know this little i say videos but it's like the little cranky eight millimeter film or whatever it was mm-hmm. and she's like wearing her kind of her regular clothes she's not super fashionable and as they're doing this though she comes into the room dressed in a dress that is very a rebecca style dress right off yes. the shoulder it's very sleek it's black her hair's all different and max is fucking awful to her about it right yes and it is really hurtful i don't know if you have ever like tried to dress up or like go out of your comfort zone because you think it'll like make somebody happy and then it doesn't work out there's like very few feelings that are as awful as that and he's so mean to her but in this way where he doesn't even notice how his meanness is affecting her because he's not even looking at her do you know what i mean and it is so sad and it makes you very like sympathize with her so much it wasn't in the book But it could have been that really kept the spirit for me of what was going on in the book. Absolutely. Really good additional scene. But then they took out the whole ball. There was no ball in the 1940 movie. And I was a little bummed about that.
1: Yeah, you know, so the scene of her wearing the dress that she thought was, is the dress of his ancestor, beautifully done. In the movie, she looks amazing. Absolutely gorgeous in that dress. And she's so excited. And him turning around and himself, his sister, and her husband just, it's black and white and you still can almost see the color leave their face. And and when the sister- you know, whispers, oh, Rebecca, like just hell, just yeah. watching that actress react in that way. I was, I was, oh, I, I got I'm chills like, just oh my now God. just you describing
0: it. Yeah, right? it was oh. so well done. Um, and
1: then she runs up and then it's the Danvers scene. And yeah, the, we missed the ball
0: completely because in the book, like she has to go back down. That's a yes. big thing, right? And like, this is her ball, it's in her honor, and she doesn't even have a pretty dress to wear. Like, oh. she's gonna have to go down in a regular dress and then like pretend that her dress didn't come and everything's fine and do all this while Max is freaking ignoring her and treating her badly. Like, because as if he's he, pissed because he's pissed because somehow he thinks she did this on purpose, purpose. which. Makes absolutely no sense at all. Yeah. So I'm glad that in the 2020 version, we kept that where she had to go and she puts on the fugliest dress, Jess. Oh my God. Like, (laughs) there had got to be better dresses in that closet. Like, how in the world was that the dress that her freaking sister in law pulls out and, like, put this disgusting thing on?
1: Which they they did connect it back to him suggesting that she'll like teasing her saying that she was going to go as like Alice in Wonderland or something. Mm -hmm. And so it has that childish faded blue blue kind of youngish looking girl look. And so,
0: but it is not an okay
1: dress. It is not. It is. Of course it's from her old wardrobe. Yeah. First of all, I don't know. Like it's only been like a few months that you've been in Mandalay. And I guess you spent all that time getting that beautiful dress made.
0: You didn't order anything else?
1: Once... To get a
0: couple more for I mean, everyday wear, like <laughs> seriously, and, and at that point, I'm kind of like mad at the sister. I'm like, "Girl, take off your dress! Like this Hello? is her ball. Like she <laughs> it matters what she wears." And then she has to go down there, and she can't oh. in the 2020. She can't find Maxim, and but like, and then yes. they did they did some really fucking weird stuff with the music. I don't I know. Like it. It was there was all this weird music that had words, and it sounded like vaguely Irish or something. I didn't bother to look up the soundtrack. <laughs> (laughs) Cause I just didn't want to spend any more time on it, but.
1: Oh, because that's right. Cause she was going from the ball area to sort of the, like the servants area. Yeah. And so it, it, and then of course, again, that class the class is
0: saying and yes
1: and so but in her not belonging there either and they showed
0: that in the 2020 we actually saw the servants quarters a couple times and how awful it was for her to be done and I don't know like I've watched Downton Abbey like I know don't go down those stairs like you're not supposed to you know (laughs) obviously our narrator's never seen Downton Abbey it probably would have helped her out if she had okay (laughs) but like the the discomfort with the ball was I thought really it, it was the payoff because I feel like if you look at this as the story is very meandering, but if you look at it as chunks, you have the first chunk, which is like the courtship part, yeah. right? Um, the meeting and whatever. And then you have the chunk, which is like getting to Manderly. Until the shipwreck, you have your rising action, which freaking culminates the climax of this section is her in that dress and him being mad at her. You have to see the repercussions of that climax before you move into the next part, which is the boat's now up, and now we find out the truth about Rebecca, and then we're going to go gum shoes and like figure out you know whatever okay like a completely different book over here which is fine but because they're so distinctive in the 1940 movies when we have her in that dress and his reaction and it's so awesome but then the very next thing that happens is the shipwreck we don't actually see the fallout of that at all and it, it it left me wanting that you know i was like Mm -hmm. but then we skipped those feelings then because she's like he hates me he hates me he hates me and then it's and then they finally talk okay he doesn't hate me but if you haven't spent the last 24 hours thinking that he absolutely hates you then there's no reason for you to contemplate suicide there's no reason for you to excuse his murder there's no reason for you to like be relieved that he does love you do you know what i mean it's too rushed
1: yeah 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 and, and you know the the troubles of of like you said a very long book um being shoved into a very short time frame especially in 1940s yeah uh, and it was a long movie and, too. <laughs> and it
0: still was because and then and we have a lot of stuff to deal with yeah. afterwards like the boat coming up and then the inquest and then the this and then the that and you know
1: right yeah you know you you make an excellent point though is that uh I feel that it it definitely a missed opportunity by Hitchcock for sure
0: and I would have loved to see like a masquerade ball with Hitchcock with like her spinning oh. around, looking around and the sharp and the darkness. And like, is there 15%. a shadow mm-hmm. and like a shadow of Rebecca somewhere? You know what I mean? Like something moving and like the, in the background. And I mean, I feel like he could have made that a really interesting.
1: That would have been amazing. Darn it, Hitchcock. Darn it, Hitchcock. Uh... <laughs> Get on
0: but again, that wasn't really the point he was, you know, he was making a, a movie about something a little bit different Uh,
1: he was making a movie about how women just assume the worst in in and just they don't get all the facts and that's why they get so confused and wrong-headed all the time (laughs) (sighs) and they listen to other women that's that's the other problem those darn pesky women man our nameless heroine uh is constantly being told basically the wrong information by mrs hopper by danvers by his his sister and yeah which of course only encourages her belief that she is not worthy of Mm -hmm. of max and also is not going to fit and make this work and only until he tells her the truth which he could have done i don't know anytime d- during oh, their courtship
0: understand if he told her she would have lost that little look in her, eye. her eyes eyes oh my god she I would have like about that. had information and then therefore be older and Ma- okay so here's the thing because yeah. <laughs> okay
1: here we go let's go
0: max max is trapped in this awful marriage with rebecca right and he is a very unreliable narrator, right? When we get his story, because we only really get it, we get people saying she was beautiful, blah, 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 blah. But we don't really, like, except for Danvers and Max, those are the only people who like actually talk about Rebecca, who she was, a little bit of Jack, right? The cousin talking about who she really was. But let's be honest, Max is not a reliable narrator. Even in this, like, I'm unburdening myself. He's doing it for sympathy, right? He's justifying his actions. So he's going to, probably be a little bit hyperbolic, just saying. Okay, like I didn't kill her because she was nice. I killed her because she was a bitch. You know, let me tell you all the reasons why. Okay, (laughs) but what was her major crime? Her major crime was that she refused to play by like the societal rules that were like instituted. So she was like, look, I don't care about your freaking house, but I'll run it and I'll make it perfect. And it'll be the talk of everything. And I get to have my own fun and do my own thing. And that's what we're going to do. Like she was powerful in a way that was very threatening to him. Right. So after that whole situation has been resolved by murder, but resolved, (laughs) what does he do? He finds the woman who is never going to question authority, who's never going to fight back, who has absolutely no personality and will be completely like molded to his thing because like she is the perfect subservient wife that he wanted originally, you know what I mean? It's like from one extreme to the other. And yeah. when she tries to like, when she goes somewhere he tells her not to go, he gets really mad. When she does a thing that he didn't want her to do, he gets really mad and it's he's very threatened by by her, you know, growing and changing yeah. and becoming. And that's his whole thing. I don't want you to grow up. I don't want you to become jaded, blah, blah, blah. It's basically like, I don't want you to ever question me. Right? Yeah. And Absolutely.
1: so- And also like, he, she didn't know who he was until they were introduced right Right. so complete non-entity not of i'm not going to gloss over the fact that she was frankly barely out of being a child
0: yeah Um, i'm thinking like barely legal right
1: correct yeah 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 and he's yeah it was gross like when i when i recognized it in the book i'm like. Oh boy. Okay. So we have this extremely unfair power dynamic, not Mm -hmm. only in him being one of the richest men in England, but also he has many, many years and a a past that she has no idea about because she's had no reason to know about Mm -hmm. what went on. With the upper echelons of society in that part of the country. Right. He saw her in beautiful young girl who he's like, I could just pretend none of that shit ever happened.
0: Start over.
1: So I don't have to tell her anything.
0: Nope. Maybe
1: it could have worked if he never went back to Mandalay which is like, you want this new, fresh start. And then you go back to the place that knows everything,
0: Yeah, everything I, about- I kind of like, wondered about that. It was the point that you you can't escape because it, in the, I'm sorry, I know the 2020 version sucked, but like they, like they did a couple things. Like at one yes, point they when did. they went back to Manderly, she's like, I missed our honeymoon. I'm blah, 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 blah. And he's like, but that wasn't real life. This is real life. He doesn't actually life. say that in any of the other iterations, but it's like, this is life. Like, this is where I make my money. This is like how I have to live. I have responsibilities, you know, whatever. And he wanted an heir that made that a very, very apparent, you know, Yeah. because that's like his responsibility and like what he's supposed to do and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I mean, kind of technically didn't have to be there. Frank was kind of running stuff, right? He could have, Yeah. he could have not. So he had money, a little he, glutton he, for punishment here. You know, it's like almost like he yeah. wanted to get caught. I, I,
1: absolutely. There's another thing that as we go forward to in In the story of, you know, once the boat that he sunk is uprooted from the storm, and of course it all comes back, there's a lot that is talked about how justice is served with people who have money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And who just happen to know the judge by their first name Mm. and the constable, Mm. and they go golfing together. Mm. And okay, uh, but the
0: person pointing that out is the bad guy. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> so it's like normally, if you have somebody saying something awful or inaccurate or whatever, and they're the bad guy, it's the author's way of saying what they're saying is awful and inaccurate. That is why I'm having the bad guy say it. Like, don't listen to him. But this is like right. the bad guy saying what you and I are reading. Going, yeah, dude, Jack's kind of got a point here, right? Yeah, like, this is <laughs> the fix is in. You know, uh, well,
1: there's also a little bit of. I might be reading a little bit into it, but in the book, Jack is sort of described as basically a redheaded drinker who hasn't quite lost his looks yet to drink and bad living. Right. So there's a little bit of classism in there, too, particularly in your you're coming from the uh, upper English society that kind of looks down on Irish people. Uh, so, and he was her uh,
0: cousin, but you yes. definitely got the sense that, like, he was a lesser. He pet. was a lesser. Cu- I was just, yes, that's a really good answer to that those cousins you know like those trashy cousins that you know whatever that she still dabbled with you know because she could but yeah Yeah. there was a lot of reasons why he wasn't welcome at the house you know yeah yeah
1: i mean and uh, well clearly being a part of whatever devious perverse lifestyle that she was a part of he was absolutely right there with her probably I, well, being in the upper echelons of society, she probably had just as easy access as anybody to those things. So um, who knows who got who into what, but uh, yeah, he, yeah, he was definitely spoken about, which you don't get from the, th- <laughs> the 40s version with George Sanders, truly the best villain voice yeah. in freaking history, but he is young mm-hmm. and he is, he is very English. Yeah. Uh and very suave, sleazy. He's a car salesman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he is kind of but he's not a used card salesman. Or you know what yes. I mean? Like
1: <laughs> he's nowhere near ready to start losing his looks.
0: No, in this. no.
1: But but he smells an opportunity Mm -hmm. when it comes his way and he's trying to take advantage of it. Right. So a lot of class stuff, again, that was, uh, I'm not sure if that was the author's intent, Um, but kind of having some subtle themes of like, yeah, this is kind of fucked up. Why he gets away with murder is because he's literally the investigator and stuff is on his guest list. Mm -hmm. And they have a personal relationship because they travel in the same circles. Right. And literally letting the accused along for the investigation. Oh, my God. I. Like, hello, what? <laughs>
0: it was. It's so. I was going to say it's so British, just it's like, (laughs) and then this, and then we're going to call this person and we're going to talk about this and then we're all going to travel together to London and we're going to like, I mean, and in the book, it is so drawn out. Well, we don't know which doctor it is. We're going to go through all the exchanges. We're going to call all the numbers until we find the right number. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. Right. You know, (laughs) And, and in the book our narrator does nothing she's like literally just watches this whole thing play out in the in both of the movies she's a little bit more to do in the 2020 version she has the most to do she's like running around and freaking max is in jail like not even involved at all like he's just there. you know what i mean it's it's well it was interesting in the
1: movie version she got left at home yeah uh, after the trial before they went to go look up the doctor maxim says no honey, you go home you don't need to be here for this which is
0: a really strange thing because the whole rest of the movie it's like she's our main character so she's on screen the whole time in the book she's our main character it's her perspective so to have yeah. that it in the movie where they're like oh well she's just not even in the next four scenes it's cool I'm like, yeah. well, wait a minute. And then he's like, oh, no, the house is on fire. But it's kind of OK because she's not in the fire. So then they're hugging and it's going to be OK because at least they have each other, which. Yeah. OK, but then you you get the impression that the 1940s movie, the epilogue wouldn't have been the two of them somewhere where he is like falling apart and scared of his own shadow and she's caretaking him. Do you know what right. I mean? Which is a big fundamental change. It's.
1: Yeah. It it felt more like not only that they, you know, they fully come together uh, at the fire, but also that they will rebuild. Yeah. Is kind of the feeling like, oh, all is not lost. Yeah. You know, the the, the worst part of it, which is the remnants of Rebecca Mm -hmm. will be destroyed and then we can right make something new
0: because the both of the movies start with the same line last night I dreamt of Manderly, and like the whole little bit about her walking but because there's no context we don't see where she is dreaming of Manderly. it just the 1940s it's kind of like I dreamt of what it was before but the implication is like but now it's fine we've rebuilt we're happy Blah 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 like it's a whole thing okay
1: you just kind of like uh, threw me for a loop there bud because I'm like why did I not see why did I not piece that together <laughs> oh my god because they are walking through the ruins in the beginning of the movie uh-huh. and I'm like well what the so was it just a dream that <laughs> of like her like what would have happened if we didn't get to rebuild because that's I've always thought at the end of that movie that it's like you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Rebecca's gone. Yeah. Rebecca is gone. And Danvers
0: is gone. And Danvers
1: is gone.
0: Uh, And we're hugging. And Jack has been taken care of. We're hugging. We're kissing. We are together and we're going to start our new life together. Right freaking here at Manderley. There's no leaving. Yeah, no, I, I feel like it's almost there so that they could be like, Oh, remember that there was a book. (laughs) We start our movie off the same way the book did. And then, you know, (laughs) In the 2020 version too, it starts off with the same thing. Last night I dreamt to Manor's sleep, she's having a dream, but, and she has nightmares throughout the movie. And then at the end she wakes up from her nightmare, but she's okay because she's gonna take her drink of water and we're traveling and there he is oiled and shirtless and kissing and everybody's <laughs> fine. And sometimes you yeah. have nightmares because you're processing your trauma, but it doesn't right? mean that like, you're still stuck in that trauma. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I, yeah,
1: yeah, I, you know, and that's the thing. It's like this movie, the the twenty twenty version. I will 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 barely touch on this because I like like I said, it's it did not leave a very impressionable impression mm-hmm. uh, upon me. Other than I'm like, if they could have just you know brought in a little bit more focus and actually picked a goddamn plot or something to focus on, the ending would have been. I think, satisfactory. Yes, rich guy gets away with murder of his wife who frankly wanted to die because they did make it a, a point in the book that Rebecca was terrified of pain in old age because her power came from her beauty mm-hmm. and her ability to enchant people, right? With her beauty. And she also, yeah, she didn't want to die slowly. That was something that was, you know, Pressed upon in the book that Danvers also went to great lengths to explain to our unnamed heroine that she would not allow herself to die slowly and in pain. So, in that sense, you know, in a strange way, that this powerful woman that's breaking conventions, um, who is being told she's going to die painfully and slow from cancer chooses to like really stick it to max one mm-hmm. last time and by basically making him, you know making yeah. him kill her
0: get him angry enough to kill her, I angry
1: mean, enough well, to pull thing, that like, trigger
0: she, what if she'd been just angry enough to beat her up right like, like <laughs> i mean, mean I'm just saying there are like levels like, you know, right? or angry enough to divorce her or angry enough to, I, you know, but then, like, oh, but then it reflects no, no badly divorce. on him. Yes, that's right. Can't, I'm so can't sorry. Can't
1: divorce. Yes. Yeah. That, that's that even worse forbidden. than Yes. Can't. Like the West Wing. You just forbidden. Have
0: to- <laughs> you have to get, you have to get rid of your wife. You can't just leave your wife. <laughs>
1: that is correct. Yeah. They have to go on a trip and never come it's back just, or. It,
0: it's one <laughs> of those things like I, he didn't know that she was manip like, he just you know what i mean like it he didn't know so he
1: didn't know why she was that that she was actually sick
0: no he he, he
1: knew what she was because she told him right
0: right right but i mean like when he killed her he didn't know he was assisting suicide he thought i am killing her you know i mean that's still like a really big pill to swallow (laughs) right is right and i have i I feel like if he hadn't if he just hit her or if he just left you know or whatever or whatever she would have convinced danny to kill her like she would have convinced she would have gotten you know done something because she didn't want to die slowly and in pain maybe she would have Convinced, gotten Jack to do it or I? who knows like she wouldn't have cared it wasn't like a sympathetic thing you know yeah. so i think it's a way to show like
1: how evil she evil no. she really was because she was going to make somebody do it that she basically hate i don't know if she, she, he was a play thing to her yeah let's put it that way
0: i think she resented him for sure oh uh, absolutely because even though she had brain what is the three things that have a good english wife brains beauty and breeding no, not brains. Yes. It's not brains, is it? Is it brains? Beauty, breeding, and um, I think brain, brains. You, okay, you have to have some Something. brains. You know? but, <laughs> but like she, hmm. she definitely she was in the circle, but she didn't have a lot of money. And remember, Jack is her cousin, right? So like she yeah. jumped a couple rungs to get up onto yeah. Maxim's level, right? She yeah. was beautiful enough and charming enough, and da 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 da, and she could run the house well enough. That whatever, you know, her past, speaking of like forgetting your past and like moving on, you know, she could just whatever, but she was still breeding, breeding beauty. And, oh, that is what I said, isn't it? But never mind. Did say I that. did. <laughs> <laughs> so she could she could get beyond, you know, all of that. So she resented him is kind of what yeah. I'm thinking. Like I'm thinking that she came up a couple of notches here to like be with yeah. him. And then she but she still kind of resented the trap, you know, the gilded cage sort of thing that she was in. Mm. And so she acted out and acted accordingly and et cetera. So I don't yeah, no, she, she yeah. I don't know if she absolutely hated him, but she totally looked down on him. and um, mm. she thought she was better than him, obviously. We, we could argue that she thought, you know, she
1: thought he was weak.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was.
1: <laughs> Especially like there's also you could you could argue that the author and the and Hitchcock was trying to, you know, uh, impress upon the audience that gentlemen do not hit women. And so he was never going to strike her. Uh, I, I don't think he ever well, did anything even to, you know, when he was mad, whenever he was mad, he would shut up or he would explode and say something angry and mean and hurtful and then walk away and he would but he would never
0: except that he did he was physically violent in the book he hit jack so fast that our narrator didn't see it like it just happened and then he was like standing on the other side of the room and she was like oh my god he hit him and she was a little shocked in the movie he hits jack and we see it in the 1940 version and he says that he hit rebecca and then she fell and like the camera like kind of shows us kind of sort of what happened in this which was again like the one time he did it right out of you know he got pushed too far (laughs) right you know really it's her own fault if a man hits you you're probably asking for it because he's a true english gentleman and so he's never going to become unless absolutely right uh, provoked and he hit jack
1: in defense essentially of his honor and his wife's honor, honor yes, right? exactly. And so, which is okay,
0: all the other gentlemen around him were like, Oh, yes, of we're course, like, yeah, nope, yeah,
1: That yeah. that was called that's yeah, legit, we, that's
0: legit, you're allowed to do yeah, that, yeah, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so when I think of like, you know, obviously the 40s version, and then with the uh 2020 version, it, to me, I'm not sure if they could take the Unless she was doing something else that was like, like really like you would have to make Rebecca not only manipulating everyone around her, which she was mm-hmm. like.
0: But you're right. Like in 2020, we would expect that the bar, so to speak, for bad behavior would have had to be our, our bar is higher. You know, yeah, way, we wouldn't have yeah. accepted it at just the level that it was like she would have had to yeah. like I was pregnant with your child and then I murdered it and then I got knocked up by your brother and then <laughs> in your own bed and then I leave well, the sex tape on the internet you know I mean like it would I have mean, to be
1: I would I would argue it would have to be something like again like there's not a lot of taboos left in 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 the world <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in our modern culture that could cause someone to like truly be horrified and angry and angered you know at the same level but I'm talking like something really gross yeah like so incest or it's, yeah i mean i don't know it's interesting something gross you know
0: this movie was 80 years right yeah and and it was the the, the 1940 movie takes place so quickly after the book, right? The book came out and then the movie came out like they're, you know, they're contemporary of each other. And that's a very specific time that is not our time now. Like it's, I mean, obviously it's 80 years ago. It's, we don't have upstairs downstairs, you know, there's nowhere in the world where like these types of houses and these things, even in England, you know, it's, it's (laughs) a whole different world. Um, Right, And so would it would have been interesting to me if instead of in 2020 they remade the 19 kept it in like the 30s and the 40s if they had made it modern like yeah. updated so that you have a reason to remake it so that you're you're taking the trappings the idea because the idea is so universal I mean, you're married. I'm married. I don't know if your husband had a relationship before you, but I know my husband had relationships before me. I had relationships before him. And you have that ghost, that little bit of like, you know, well, am I as good as that person? Am I... There's a thing, right? We always have those expectations, right? And you can compare yourself until the cows come home and wonder if you're as good or or not as good and if they really wish they could be with somebody, you know, different and blah 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 blah. So like that idea is so universal and it's so creepy. And and I mean it is just heartbreaking. Could you imagine like dating somebody and like having all their friends be like, oh, Oh, that's right you're not with so-and-so anymore oh that's a bummer I really liked so-and-so and
1: so they, they were, were so much charming.
0: fun yeah do they, you remember they
1: dressed so well I know, and- always
0: had the best snacks you know yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean this other one
0: seems I mean they're nice they're, they're nice oh yeah we're, nice. we're so happy that you're here but damn you know so-and-so had a house in the Caymans that they would take it i mean you know what i mean like there's always like exactly. this thing, right and yeah, i could okay. see it have been something that you could have updated very easily and kept those tropes and and maybe mm-hmm. then put the gothic haunted aspect back into it a little bit but yeah oh well
1: i would have loved to actually seen an updated like the the haunt or at least you know the beginning of it seeming like a haunting mm-hmm. and i so <laughs> full disclosure i love Victorian haunted uh, <laughs> mansion movies. Uh, it doesn't have. It doesn't really matter. Like <laughs> I just, I love the trappings. I love the spooky, um, but not too gory yeah. uh, stuff. So, so I would have loved to th- have seen them. Like take that idea of Rebecca, the ghost, or what is perceived as a ghost, when in fact, you know, coming to the realization of our heroine. Of realizing that,
0: you know, there
1: was no ghost.
0: We have a lot of psychological thrillers and stuff nowadays where there's elements of that. Like, is she here? Like, I mean, Yeah. The freaking girl in the window, woman on the train, so-and-so in a box. Like, who knows? Like, it's just like all of that stuff, you know, about what is real and what isn't real. And you can have these unreliable narrators where you're like, not a hundred percent sure if they're okay. Like if they're really Mm -hmm. dealing with the full deck and, you know, give, give our narrator a drinking problem, man, this thing (laughs) writes itself. I'm just saying.
1: Um, Well, I mean, arguably you could even say like, there's, you could make room for an eating disorder here too Mm -hmm. that's tied with this person's anxiety uh of how people perceive them and the only thing they have is you know their ability to be thin yeah like absolutely could have totally played into that as well and being able to recognize and come into themselves and get the help they need uh and 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 actually be able to be a whole person in themselves and in the relationship
0: so what I'm um, hearing is that you and I are going to write an updated version of this. Look out, Netflix! <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. We'll call it Bex.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do Becky. That's eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Bex, Bex, it would have to be Becks. with an X. You know. Uh, I was thinking of. I don't know if. You picked it up at all uh, with Jasper, the dog, the cocker spaniel, uh, the black cocker spaniel that played a odd heavily role uh, in the book and was used by Hitchcock as the sort of, you could say it's sort of a plot device of using the dog and its actions to propel. I keep calling her the nameless heroine to the next point Mm -hmm. as the sort of like, you know, This should be your curiosity. This should be your drive. But instead, we're going to let this dog do it. Mm -hmm. And also, you had already made points about, like, she does kind of act like a puppy dog looking for attention and affection. Mm -hmm. Any kind of affection even
0: more so in the book like she talks about like I knelt by his legs and put my head on his lap and he stroked my hair and I thought to myself I am but a dog to him and then my heart swelled with joy that he loved it. I was like oh my god but yeah like it's not even subtle in the book yeah. how much he, he sees her as a pet or you know so and puppy play could have totally also I, oh, been a thing okay the I'm, I'm making could notes have... here for our <laughs> In 80 years, it's going to be Bex. <laughs> and no. Uh,
1: but I, I did. I, I thought that was an interesting, like, they really, poor Jasper. And also, he was fat. Yes. Uh, they kept bringing up that Jasper was fat. Well, he but wasn't I'm
0: like, getting enough exercise because Rebecca wasn't there to take him out and take oh, him out. Those big walks and whatever. Right. Yeah.
1: So, which, yeah. Anyway. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> fat shaming book.
1: The dog literally goes wherever it wants all the time. Yeah. I d- like it could take itself for a walk and it, Uh. it
0: had a mother too In the in the book, there was a thing like there were two dogs because Jasper was the little one and there was the older one, and yeah, I was like, okay, so we have this like familiar thing with the old and the young. We have Maxim and narrator, the old and the young, and the young one, you know, isn't getting the attention that it needs, like the you know, and blah blah blah. So yeah, I mean, the book (laughs) is really good. It is. It has a lot of stuff. And one thing we haven't touched on because they just left it out of both of the movies is that in the book, our narrator narrator oh my god like okay I don't know about you Jess but every now and then I have a special gummy and when I have a special gummy my brain whoo goes off on these tangents and I have 17 trains of thought at the same time and I switch between them and I don't care and it's fine and I enjoy myself okay this narrator like made me feel like that sometimes because her brain just goes off she's like She has these flights of fancy where she's just like, what if this happened? And then this happened. And then like she cascades and she catastrophizes and she gets like all wound up. And then it's not that. And she's like, oh, okay. And like, it's laid in. And part of it is because she's young. And part of it is because she hasn't had a lot of experience. It's like, but she does have an active imagination. And that really works. First of all, it makes her very sympathetic because I'm like, girl, yes, yes. And also- (laughs) And when she starts thinking about Rebecca and like almost feeling haunted, you're like, okay, but you're also really prone to exaggerating things in your brain and like having these romantic notions. Like she had this whole plan of how they were gonna say goodbye at one point, like all of this stuff. And it it diminishes as the book goes on because now her life actually has stuff happening in it that she can't foresee and whatever. But I thought it was a really, really well done. It's like the only interesting part of her character you know the only thing that made her an actual character and it just it wasn't in any either of them because it's really hard to show that except <laughs> yeah except I and I mentioned this in my recap in mm. the 1940s movie they're drive like during the courtship part of the movie they're like right. meeting they're driving and then there's a scene where they're dancing and I was like oh that's nice like they're dancing and then the mm. very next scene is them back in the car and I'm like Did that happen? Did they actually go dancing or is that a flight of fancy? Because him taking her out of the hotel and driving off with like out of sight of other people makes a lot of sense. But the two of them like in the hotel, like in public dancing, that seems a little fishy. And in a nice dress too. A very nice dress. Where would she have gotten that dress? But because there's not other times in the movie where her brain just goes off and like we have these things where we're not sure are real or not real. I wasn't sure about the dancing scene. It seemed weird once I thought about it. So what do you think? You've seen the movie more times than I have. Did that stick out at you at all?
1: Yeah, um, particularly because of how often he makes it a point to not stick around in the hotel with her. They're they're never at the hotel for very long, except for the first time when they had breakfast together. And I think they, they continue to have meals and stuff. And so it played definitely into that idea of her fantasizing about what uh, type of corp chip uh, they were going to have and be as a couple. And I think, you know, again, making the most out of him, choosing her out of everybody to take, to seclude her from everyone because that's yeah totally fine by the way
0: if if your significant (laughs) other isolates you from everybody else and won't hang out with you in public that's a
1: bad sign yeah like he knows it's not good what he's doing
0: (laughs) but there's no other times in the movie where we have a scene that didn't really happen or is there i'm trying to think now if there were other things that happened in the movie that didn't really happen do you know what i mean yeah, it's weird that Hitchcock would put one in at the beginning and then not carry it through, especially since he's adapting a book where it's a freaking major part of her character. You know what I mean? I don't know.
1: Yeah. It, it mostly, like, in, in the 40s version, it plays out in her face and in her, um, you know, like, you. so you're watching her trying to wrap her head around how maxim's responding to her about the information that's being given to her slowly (laughs) through the first half of the movie Mm -hmm. and her having to pretend that like, yeah, of course I know about Rebecca. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, of course I, I know why Max would feel these ways and hate my dress that I went through all the trouble to get. It's so it's all plays on her face and her body. Um, in the movie so I, I think you might have hit something there in that one little homage that honestly i don't think hitchcock really pulled off
0: i don't know maxim's character in the movie was also where i th- i pointed out he was singing in the shower when she came in into- and i was like uh, oh, okay we're
1: again i think trying to make him seem like a more likable character than he was in the book yeah for sure Um, Hitchcock really wanted to make you like Maxim yeah because you have to sympathize with him when you later find found out that he was in the same room when his wife died
0: and and I've been told that the negging kind of oh yeah a little fool or like the way that like that masculine way of talking down to women in the 40s and even in the 50s was just like a common way of of people showing affection and that was the type of flirting that happened and that I should just really (laughs) take the stick out of my ass and not compare it to the real like current day so (laughs) fine but you know what I watched this movie in the current day and I was like oh ouch so
1: one of one of the things well one like basically yes chastising her when she was like opening up to him and saying just just be honest with me are you are you just taking me out because you feel pity for me or do you actually like me and then him literally pulling the car over and being like look here you little shit i wouldn't i wouldn't do all this for somebody i didn't i didn't like yeah if
0: that's what you think just
1: get out of the car then get the fuck out of the car and it's like that's what? that's god and then she shrinks like yeah. you just absolutely like oh my god that's awful and then again like you know when we were talking about how she dressed up and he just literally he might as well just ripped the damn roses off of the dress, mm-hmm. and you know, like he's like,
0: oh, "You look stupid. What the hell did you do yeah, to yourself?" Exactly. Like,
1: oh, uh, and then you watch her again, just shrivel up.
0: The casting was so good. Oh she my god, is mm. yes. I know. Yes, yeah.
1: she she did such a wonderful job, and I so know she's not as young,
0: twitchy. <laughs> yes.
1: Joan Fontaine, Mm -hmm. she, she was was in
0: Psycho. She,
1: yes. And she's young, but she's not as young as the the character in the book, but she plays naive and anxious very well. Very. (laughs) So I, and, and she, she is sympathetic. To me as well, because I, you know, it's like I, I remember being a young clueless person and wanting people to like me, just <laughs> like me, please like me. I'll do whatever you want. And I was, I was the puppy dog. I, I absolutely like in the book. I, I, you know, you sympathizing with that aspect of not knowing who you are and what you need to be for other people to engage with you very much hit home for me as well very clever honestly I thought of not naming the heroine yeah, in a way
0: definitely a choice and a risk you know
1: she is both so understood by the person because you you really do kind of get taken in to her uh like you were saying with her wild imagination her dreaming her anxieties but also nobody calls her by anything other than Mrs the winter
0: yeah i mean she has a name and and maxim pronounces it correctly they make a comment about it oh it's an interesting name but we just aren't told what it is and then that's then but she's never called it and naming conventions are such a thing and and not only is she not only is she not named but the book is called rebecca either one of those things on its own is interesting but to put them together is Mm -hmm. really really cool yes yeah groundbreaking and (laughs) rebecca is this character who's been dead for months but is is such a major character it's you know it's kind of like how they say that new york city is the other character in law and order you know what i mean it's like this other thing that is just this ever present thing. And I just thought it was really, really, really well done. Again, it bothered me when I was younger, because I kept trying to figure it out. Or like, did I miss it? Like, you know, I didn't understand that's part of the part of the shtick. But (laughs) you know, she doesn't have an identity until she has Maxim. And then her identity is being his wife,
1: Mrs. De Winter. And, (laughs) and when she really starts to come into, or at least attempts to come into her power is when she claims that name, away from Rebecca.
0: I am Mrs. Um, DeWinter now. She uh, yes.
1: Yes. And which today's standards, very problematic, uh, <laughs> really shitty. Uh, but that, hey, you sometimes know, you
0: claim the power in the way that you can claim the power. And it's interesting exactly. that even though Rebecca was also Mrs. DeWinter, nobody called her, you know, she, she signed nope. things, Mrs. DeWinter, but everybody called her Rebecca. Rebecca. She was yeah. Rebecca. Oh, yes. Rebecca dressed like this. Rebecca did this. Rebecca used to do this. Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. And then this gal is... <laughs> Mrs. DeWinner. And it's, it's like her way of not being just her name, because she's not as informal with these people. But it's also her identity is so tied into who she is in marriage form. But it's a formalized, you know, it's a formal name. You know, I call you Jess. not Mr. Fitzpatrick. Like <laughs>
1: I've rarely called Miss. I don't actually I don't think I've ever been called Mr. Fitzpatrick. Oh. Um <laughs> you know it i don't want i don't think that's i i I travel in those circles where that's a necessity but uh yeah but definitely taking advantage of this is the thing that rebecca had that is mine now yeah and
0: i'm gonna make it my own make it my own be my own person yeah i i haven't looked at my notes once
1: (laughs) (laughs) we've just been going off okay let's see here
0: (laughs) things i liked in the book the slow build the descriptions the ending of only killing one person not two the the max loses manderley uh mrs danvers is creepy psycho the almost suicide was almost scary except that we had the beginning thing so i knew she wasn't actually gonna die die yeah Yeah. b and the sister from frank the nasty trick of the dress-ups outfit did you get a, a a slight
1: lesbian vibe from B as well? She's a very sportsman, so like she's she's the one coming in in tweed. She's all about her horses. She's all about you know dogs. the sport, the dogs.
0: I I didn't get a lesbian thing from her, which I mean, just I just because I didn't doesn't mean it's not there. And the, but, and but the I,
1: straightforward shooting, but maybe that's
0: just <laughs> like well, her lesbians don't no do many things straight. <laughs> Just saying, no, what I what I took that is that um, it was it was the balancing of her marriage because her husband mm. was a little bit lower, you know, goofy clown guy. Um, mm. And she was like the bossy one who wore the pants in this relationship. Mm. She was more assertive. And what what I took from that, though, really was a reflection of her and Max. So because they're siblings. Right. Right. So while well, Maxim has the power, the name, the money, the responsibility of Manderly, Really, B would have been fine running Manderley. She probably could have, but in the conventions of the day, she's not given that. So she yeah. has her own husband, who she, you know, kind of bosses around and takes charge and and whatever. So I felt like she was there to show us what a strong woman like an approved type of strong woman uh, Yes. because yes. Rebecca's the bad kind of strong woman. Our narrator's right. not strong. Mrs. Danvers doesn't count because she was a servant. So like, who are we going right. to point to? So we have to have that juxtaposition. We have to have the character that is like, this is kind of who you should be. And the fact that her straightforwardness is called out, I felt... Um, was just to juxtapose with the fact that Rebecca was so conniving and duplicitous and that that it's Maxim who points out she's a straight shooter she tells you what like what it is in his head he's thinking unlike my bitch of a wife who was like always (laughs) lying do you know what I mean
1: right so that's that's what I took it I that I yeah that that sounds but I'll
0: claim her as queer (laughs) because not really not really no I, I definitely not I didn't didn't see her that way
1: Every time I watch this, and particularly because I've gone through things in my life that I have seen people like Rebecca and have been very closely tied to people like Rebecca. And so the themes of narcissism and manipulation and using that to essentially create a life, create a lie, a life of a lie, and, and then kind of watching it unravel, either because you become careless or because people start to wise up and start moving away. And in this case, it felt like it, it, they did kind of bring it into that. Rebecca was getting sloppy. She
0: I was think she was getting tired of the game game. Yeah, I think I mean, doing a double life is a lot of work, right? Yeah. And like in order for her to to her deal, quote unquote, with Maxim was I'll run your house, I'll be perfect, and then I'll get this other stuff. But really, yeah. that's like a lot of work, right? Yes. And he wasn't doing shit. So. I think at some point she was like, "Oh my god, like it's not worth like this is a lot of work and I'm not getting enough of my stuff to counterbalance this." So she was getting sloppy. She was bringing things, and then I also think that she was the kind of person who was like, like a, not an adrenaline junkie because that's not quite the right word, but you know those people who kind of like to poke the bear and fly a little close to the sun. like she totally yeah. fucked jack in the house with maxim there at some point right like yes guarantee so like yeah. that's <laughs> the kind of thing that it, it's a little bit more dangerous it's a little bit more exciting to have people like at the cottage and at the house and like right under max's nose so it's just right. ramping up because at that point you can't feel anymore you know what i mean and you have to do something to get your yas i think and, and that's the thing is like like she was like
1: you're going to agree to let me do these things. And essentially he's like, I don't have a choice because the name of De Winter is too important to let it be besmirched by divorce. Yes. So instead I'm going to let you literally, literally fuck anything that moves in my vicinity and not say a word. Right.
0: As and, long as
1: you keep it quiet. But, but the other thing is, is that there is something else that is never named. It's something just because they, they talk about her lovers Mm -hmm. that she slept with other men, but there was something else in the book that was never, never actually said or talked about. And it drives me crazy. I, I, I don't know if it was, maybe she liked to also sleep with, with ladies. I don't know. You know, of course to us, that's like, okay, whatever. But you know, was there something worse? She was living a double life in London, but what was it? What was she doing? That's what kind of makes me keep her on the sort of, on the bad side, not just for being a bad wife Mm -hmm. or, you know, being stuck in a shitty marriage, but because there was something else. Um, And so that, that's why I'm always falling on Rebecca's, I'm I'm having a hard time finding redeeming value Mm -hmm. in Rebecca.
0: Right. And I don't, I mean, obviously- we're not supposed to she is the villain right yeah i just think it's important to note that who's calling her the villain Mm. the man who killed her right um the what like her mother figure who wouldn't call her a villain but describes her as you know in in such a way that we know she is and Mm -hmm. and the woman who replaced her you know what i mean so well the men that she
1: slept with the yeah jilted wife
0: yeah i mean you know she wasn't I don't want to be friends with Rebecca I'm just saying no like, no definitely, <laughs> I feel like yeah there. like you said there's there's more and when we write our redo of this our Bex <laughs> I think maybe we should have it from the standpoint of her secret lesbian lover in London who yeah. you know knew her as Bex and right. um
1: <laughs> who also didn't know yeah anything right that was right. going on in this other life. Sure, sure, sure. Like,
0: maybe, maybe Rebecca was embezzling as well. You know, maybe there was other, you know, well, stuff you know, that would be threatened to the to the Manderly estate.
1: Also, at the time this was written, fascism was also on the rise. Oh, um, there you go. She uh, could have been a
0: Nazi sympathizer.
1: I, you know, I kind of wonder, maybe it could be something that, like, she was a spy, she was a fascist, and she was helping The fascist movement in London, um, which was a thing, Mm -hmm. even during the war, which blows my mind to this day. But yes, there were people who believed that fascism was and uh, anti-Semitism was it was very, very um, popular Mm -hmm. at the time. So, you know, maybe there was something to that maybe she was Jewish. Oh Oh, no, not Not that, that. not in that time, not as a rich person too. Like who knows? So, but anyway, what we'll storyboard it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much possibility. That's, that's the one thing is, is that, uh, it's a, a great little mystery in the mystery of like, what was it? What, what else, what else was just so heinous that it would not be named? Like, yeah. I want to know. Like it could have been, it could have been lesbianism, I guess. Maybe Uh, I would be so let down. Like, that's it. That's it. (laughs) Just just,
0: like to sleep with ladies. Damn it. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) Okay, so I have to ask you my copy of the book has a bunch of stuff in the back, including like an author's note and then like the original epilogue and the, the original beginning story and all kinds of stuff. Oh, cool. okay. So I'm guessing your audiobook didn't have that, but the no. original Rebecca epilogue, which is similar to Mm -hmm. the beginning of the book Um, it was basically like her first draft but something that was in this epilogue because originally was supposed to be an epilogue which it should have been and then she Uh moved to the front which she shouldn't have but (laughs) one of the things that's in it that got edited out when she made that change was that they talked about how Manderley had been sold and was basically becoming like a country club. They were like sinking a swimming pool and installing tennis courts. And like, so they were rebuilding it, but as a completely different thing. And that's how it was going to still continually generate income. And it was going to be like a place for people to go on holiday and stuff. And like, she's talking about how how weird it is to think of like the drawing room becoming like a place where everyone's gonna take their teas. And like the new terrace is going to be like the terrace where she originally met Max, but in there you know what i mean and like again like the sinking of a swimming pool and like all of this stuff and so she's trying to make because when they they'll never go back because it's not going to be the same at all it won't even be recognizable when it's done and so they're just staying away from it completely but they're still in touch they're still making money off of it and you know it's still like mm. a thing and i mean it's a little thing but i was like that's kind of cool you know i kind of liked that there was a little bit of you know we salted the earth yeah. And then we built something that makes us money that's basically just for the gentry that is this rich, mm. snobby, class, you know, thing. And, like, she is, without irony, being yeah. like, isn't that neat? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Super!
0: <laughs> Was this book and movie... And subsequent movie, were all of them worth your time? Were some of them worth your time? That is the question we like to ask here at Pages and Popcorn Podcast.
1: Yes. So obviously, I'm a big fan of the 1940s version of of, uh, Rebecca. Reading the book, I think, was absolutely an important part of me really getting to understand and appreciate what the movie really couldn't capture because of the time that it was written in. And and so I, I, I'm, I'm very grateful I got the chance to read this book. I know it can be a little meandering at, at points for sure, but some of the prose is beautiful. And I really felt connected to our nameless heroine Uh, Who eventually becomes Mrs. De Winter, and and I love the gothy, spooky aspects of it. Um, I love a ghost story, so um, I appreciated that much more, and and kind of wish that was more put in both of the movies. As to the twenty twenty version, it was disappointing. It was all soft, soft, and and lost. A lot of the luster and and what could have been some really fascinating points that the filmmakers could have taken advantage of. Unexplained parts or the subtle points that were in the book um, that could have been really fleshed out and brought out for a modern audience. And they they just didn't do it. And it that kind of kind of sucked for <laughs> me. Kind of sucked. So not a fan, not a fan of the last movie.
0: Okay. So I will say the book is long, it is wordy, and it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it is worth your time if you have a fair amount of time to give it, and if you want to be, you know, mildly frustrated with (laughs) the conventions and the rich guy getting away with murder and stuff. Um, The 1940 movie is a classic. That doesn't always mean that you have to watch it, though. Uh, I do think it was very well made and very well acted, and it can definitely serve as a reflection on the important themes. It was enjoyable but not overly enjoyable for me actually I it was it was there it was a Hitchcock it was black and white and it was the story with a little bit of changes but I don't know if I had to pick between the 1940s movie and the book I'd totally pick the book even though it was longer and super super wordy then we have the 2020 movie it definitely had hiccups but you know there's something to be said for a soft focus. It blurs the edges and sometimes it's a little bit more palatable. I don't know in 80 years when they redo it again, it'll be different. I'm sure. And I don't think I'll see it unless Jess and I write our own version. But um, (laughs) I do think that the 2020 version gets a bad rap. I think Mm -hmm. if you want to be entertained and you haven't seen the original movie, so you don't have it as Rebecca would like lingering in the shadows and, you know, (laughs) overarching and making you feel like everything has to be compared. If you haven't seen the 1940s version, I say you could watch the 2020 version. It's not the same as the book. It's definitely different, but that's what an adaptation is. It's supposed to be different, I think, and I think it's telling a slightly different story. The story that it tells is is still interesting, and it has a happy ending even though it has its issues. Watch the 1940 version if you need to see all the classics to make yourself feel better, for sure. But if you're one of those people who doesn't have that need, then I don't, I don't think you have to watch the 1940 classic movie. I think you could read the book and watch the movie in 2020 on Netflix and call it a day. <laughs> but to be fair, I didn't like Psycho. So maybe I just you didn't don't like, like Psycho. Psycho. What? Now we know that Jess doesn't listen to this podcast. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I don't want to get all into it again. It was fine, but the book was better. <laughs>
1: fine, fine.
0: <laughs>
1: but to be fair, I haven't read the book, so I uh, might have a different opinion if I read yeah, the book. Yeah, that's that's
0: so. true. Yeah, you should totally read the book actually. Okay. Yeah. I've loan it to you. Uh, that's oh, that's how strongly nice. I feel about it. Thank you. All uh, right. <laughs> well, Jess, this was super fun. Thank you so much for uh, coming and talking to me on a weeknight and taking time away from the cats and the husband. And I have a cat I, in here too. I,
1: I, I don't get an opportunity to uh, express my love for my love hate for old <laughs> movies, which uh, to be fair is mostly me, you know, enjoying the aesthetic and then yelling at the stupidity of the of the culture that is being produced on screen. So so thank you for letting me uh, and. To learn something, um, reading that book was was so eye opening, and you know, I I I would argue that I I really do appreciate the book for what it was for and what it was trying to convey. I think
0: you know it's weird. I have an easier time accepting social things being the way they are when I read them in books. Like I'm like, oh yes, this is flawed and complicated and problematic now, but for the time I can, you know, I like, I, I feel more forgiving in mm. books when I see it on film. For some reason I get, I'm like, no, I guess because hmm, I don't know why. And it's not even like movies that are made like this one was a, a modern made movie about not modern morals. Do you know right. what I mean? And so right. like, there's a, there's a disconnect. Cause you're like choosing in 2020 when we're like, Hey, people should, you know, have repercussions for their actions but let's make a movie where somebody doesn't but we're also going to set it in a time when it was like legitimately okay that he didn't have repercussions so like that shouldn't be a thing you know it gets murky and it, I yeah I don't know why but I, I have a harder time with accepting that was just the way it was on film especially if it's a modern version of an older story I don't I don't know. That's me. I, that's a that's a thing. I don't know. I, I, Maybe I, I should think... go to therapy because you know what? <laughs> it's 2020, and I can do that. <laughs> therapy is really
1: in right now. I gotta tell you, it it definitely helped me um, overcome uh, the trauma of murdering my. Uh, first wife so uh I highly recommend it um to well, you know to all as, of those
0: as long as you know you're loved that's really what matters here you know uh and for legal
1: purposes that was a joke yes um, exactly I just wanted to put that in there uh no, your first wife
0: your first wife just uh uh went away yeah she, she went on a trip abroad. a trip she went to Florida she's on yeah. a farm <laughs> Bad things happen
1: in Florida. Okay. Y'all.
0: <laughs> one one last little thing. I have to do it. Apparently, everybody waits for this. And then the episodes when I don't do it, I get I get actual letters. So oh. um our Star Trek connection in this episode <laughs> is that okay, I have it. It's right here, and I'm super excited about it. Actually, Judith Anderson, who was Mrs. Danvers in the 1940s, Rebecca was a Vulcan High Priestess in Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock. That is your
1: Star Trek connection. No way! Yes. Oh my freaking G. Oh, wow. Apparently this is
0: a segment that people want, so I'm going to do it now now. <laughs> now i gotta
1: i gotta find it i'm i'm a fan of of anderson she's i a mean fantastic. it's a very
0: small part the search for spock that's they're like on the she's a high priestess but she doesn't she doesn't
1: talk it's or it's not a
0: very big role yeah but what, she's definitely okay. there so no, that's so crazy not
1: fun yes that's fun and she would have been she, she'd be pretty Relic-y at that point so yeah. high priestess would be a good role yep oh my gosh yeah no that's fantastic yep
0: <laughs> so I will put um the ways that people can get in touch with you uh, we had them in the Danish girl I'll just copy and paste them right into the show notes the blog post for this episode and uh yeah Jess thank you so much this was super fun thank you
1: so much for uh letting me do this with you I had a blast and thank you for getting me to read some more I really appreciate that <laughs> And if you wanted to throw in, we are uh, selling those Pride Tower t shirts. We are going, you know, for the LGBT Resource Center. So you can buy them on the link provided, and people can pick them up at the center on Wednesdays uh, currently. So the t shirt should be like a continuous thing that's available. Okay. But we're going to have a table out at the protest. Nice. So we'll- and
0: fill our listeners in because oh, not everybody knows. Right, but just g- give me the elevator thirty second pitch. I'll
1: do my best. The Tower Theater, which is the iconic heart of the Tower District, it's our queer and cultural uh, center in Fresno, California, was, in my personal viewpoint, uh, allegedly uh, sold sort of under the table to a evangelical church. Uh, Adventure Church, uh, and the district is really pissed. The community is not happy about it, and they've been protesting across the street from there for the past uh, two months, I believe, uh, since the information came out, and we're doing everything we can to try and stop the sale. So there's a lot of issues regarding the legality of the sale. Rezoning issues that could impact the Tower District irrevocably if that sale goes through. So if you're if people are interested, Save the Tower Theater uh, is on Facebook. They have a website. They share their event pages. Also, the Fools Collective is the one that's helping to run. The very peaceful protests. There are booths. There are people with handmade beautiful signs. There's flags. There was a DJ last Sunday playing awesome music. And uh, you should come out uh, if it's still going on. But we're going to be selling our shirts from the LGBT Resource Center, which hosts The tower ball on the front of the shirt with a black power fist just in front of it, um, showing our solidarity, not only with Black Lives Matter, but also with our tower community. So I would love it if, if you would love a shirt like this, 20 bucks.
0: Lean back. I'll take a screenshot of us in our. there we go. (laughs) go.
1: So, so yeah, they're all rain for 20 bucks and uh, they go from
0: small. To 2x right now. Cool. 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 And we will link, be link happy with all of that in our show notes, which somebody asked me, I looked at your episode and I don't see show notes. Well, yes, you're probably right. The show notes exist in a blog post that are for each of the episodes because there are a lot of show notes. I put a lot of links, Mm. I put all my sources there's goodles of information and so they it it can't put it all just in the the little thing there you look at your podcast so there's a link to the website kmamedia.com slash pages and popcorn podcast you know but all of those links are there and then all of the information are that's where the show notes live they live on the website because they are just way too big and expansive to put um in the podcast itself so there you go all that information will be there and yeah There we go. Woo! Woo. Good job. (laughs)